You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Well, here we are, last episode of 2020. I'm not going to lie. I do feel a great sense of relief in the fact that we get to start writing 2021 because y'all know it has been a year. So I wanted to take this week's podcast and do a little bit of reflection. And I want to encourage you to take some time between now and the next few days before you jump back in to all things weddings, workshops, prepping for Valentine's Day, whatever it is that's on the horizon, before you immediately get back in to work. One of the most valuable exercises I have ever found in my business is to pause for just a few minutes. This doesn't need to be an epic undertaking. And in actual fact, it could be quite brief, or you could decide to make a whole morning of it. Because it's so important that you take time to reflect and really recognize just how far you've come. One of my most favorite insights about humanity is that we always overestimate what we can get done in a day, but we completely underestimate what we can get done in a year. And taking some time at whatever time of the year you decide to reflect is so helpful Because instead of just assuming you need to keep rolling on the hamster wheel as you keep going and going and going, and you keep doing things the way that you've always done things, remember, you are the CEO of your business. So you get to decide if at any point in time you want to to change your business's offering, if you want to change the rules of engagement with your customers, you get to do that. You get to decide at any point in time to evolve and shift your business in a way that moves you forward in the direction that you want to go. And I know most of you right now are probably like, can we just hurry up and get 2021 started? Because I don't want to reflect on 2020. I don't want to think back to this experience that has been the last 12 months Which is also why I will tell you it's even more valuable because the fact that you are sitting here listening to this podcast means that you have made it through 2020. You are still standing. You are still here. And that, my friends, is worth congratulating yourself because at no point on record has somebody said, oh, hey, (laughs) here's how to be human. Here's how to run a business. Oh, and minor detail, here's how to navigate a global pandemic. So I actually think if you do nothing else after today's podcast, please just take a few minutes to congratulate yourself. Take yourself out for a really nice, beautiful cup of tea or coffee or heck, you know, if you're in the middle of a shutdown, go online and buy yourself something lovely to... Remember the fact that you made it through this experience because not every business owner decided to keep going. And so often when I am connecting with you guys, no matter where you are around the world, I will always be the first to remind you that 50% of the business owners are out there just waiting for things to, in quotes, return to normal and they're still waiting. And then there's the rest of us have decided to evolve and change, explore new opportunities, and really embrace the fact that we are the CEOs of our business. 
And the way that you make progress in your business is to take time and reflect on what has been. Every year, in fact, sometimes it's every day, every week, every month, you are going to learn, you are going to evolve, you are going to change in terms of how you show up as a CEO, you're going to change in terms of your personal preferences and the kind of work you want to be putting out into the world. And no doubt, over the last 12 months, you have tried many a new thing. And we all know my good friend Albert Einstein, the man, the man who's super smart and has all the hair, but his definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting a different result. And it's so important, and I don't think I can tell you this too much. When you run a business, you are the one who's in charge. You get to decide what it is that you want to do. You get to decide where you want to take your business and what you want to conquer in the next 12 months. You do not have to keep doing the same thing that you've done up until this point. It doesn't even matter what you did yesterday, what you did last week, or what you did early on in 2020. You don't always have to do what you've always done, simply because you've always done it one way doesn't mean that you can't change, just because you've offered one kind of service out into the world doesn't mean you need to keep offering that service in that format to your customers. If you keep thinking about how much some of your favorite businesses and favorite brands have evolved over time, it is because they keep reacting and they keep changing and they keep adjusting in terms of what's happening in the marketplace. This is the beauty of being the CEO. And this is the whole thing about us not really stepping into our authority and us not really embracing the concept of the fact that we are in charge. We don't even have a board of directors to report to. It's like, okay, well, excuse me while I sit down and have a meeting with myself around where we want to take this business. And nobody can tell you what is right and what is wrong for your business. It does not matter what you've done up until this very point in time. Tomorrow is a new day, a new month, a new year. There are so many chances to start fresh, to build on what you've learned and to evolve and keep going. And the power of sitting down and taking 20 minutes or two hours to reflect on the year that's been is so that you continue to make progress in a direction that you want to be headed. So many of us, when we are business owners, keep saying yes to every opportunity that comes our way. And then one night you kind of wake up and you look around and be like, well, wait just a gosh darn minute. Why am I creating this work? Why am I working with these customers? Why do I have these staff members around me? What the heck have I created? I don't even like this. That is exactly my experience. And the thing that took me so long to learn is the fact that, oh, hey, when you're the person whose name is at that list that says business owner, you get to decide what's right for your business. You are the authority. So I wanted to take a few minutes today and share with you five lessons that I learned from 2020 and feel free to borrow them. Feel free to build on them. Feel free to just learn from them yourself and feel free to know that if you haven't encountered these challenges, they will come and you can learn from me what not to do and hopefully what to do better next time. So I've got five lessons from what I did, what I accomplished and what I conquered in 2020. And I'm just going to tell you about them. So my first insight from 2020, you can do hard things. Now, if I go back to where I was 12 months ago, this is just when Australia was on fire. 
So for those of you who are either new to the podcast or don't realize that I live in Australia or lived under a rock, those of us who live in Australia before the global pandemic hit, we actually had to navigate the country being on fire. Minor detail, it's fine. So our last 12 months as Australians has been incredibly intense, like so intense, (laughs) so incredibly intense because when I start to reminisce about where I was 12 months ago, I am so glad that nobody hands you like, oh, here's your itinerary for the next 12 months because I would have been like, "Mm, no, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't really want to navigate that. Can I just go over here and live in denial of what it's like to be a human to be a business owner, to be a floral designer in Australia in 2020? Three questions that I never thought I'd need to know the answers to. How do you navigate being a business owner during bushfires? Where do you draw the line between personal safety and needing to deliver on a contract? These are questions like I never, ever, ever thought I would need to consider. But when you are confronted with like, Frontline flames, staff, clients, somebody getting married. Like these are the questions that you really start to consider. Like where is that line between my personal safety, the personal safety of my staff, evacuation requirements, like their families, what are we doing, and our you know contractual commitment on delivering on a wedding. I never really thought these things through. So if you live in an area that has extreme weather conditions or you live near the San Andreas Fault, because when I was a kid growing up on the west coast of Canada, earthquakes were part of our conversation, right? Earthquakes and tsunamis. So even though it may not necessarily be on the radar, it is absolutely worth thinking about where do you draw the line? Where is your physical limitations from an operations perspective in terms of this is when I will not put my staff or myself in danger. And I know a lot of you who deal with like winter weather conditions have contingency plans for extreme like blizzards and snow. And I'm sure that some of you that live in like the South in the U S have like hurricane and extreme like weather conditions from that point of view. If you live in a place where you don't necessarily deal with extreme weather conditions, but it's something that is talked about, I will tell you, it is so worth thinking about now, thinking about it in the calm light of day in terms of where is your boundary? Where is that limitation? And think about it when you have a clear head, think about it with your family, with your staff members, and just gather some information and figure out what the right solution is for you. How do you navigate being a business owner during a global pandemic? At this point in time, Amazon doesn't sell the book, Global Pandemics for Dummies. I'm sure that somebody's going to write it. I tell you, it's not going to be me. But what is it like to be a business owner during a global pandemic? Again, like these are things that we never thought that we'd ever have to deal with. And what comes out of a global pandemic, including changing gathering restrictions, what's happening from an event perspective, how many people are allowed to come to this wedding or to this funeral or to this workshop, what's happening from a ingredient and supplies perspective, and what's happening from like a hard goods and a sundries perspective, because so much of this stuff just happens behind the scenes and it's such a complicated transportation inventory management system. That all of a sudden, like you extremely rock the boat and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to have this color wrapping paper for my bouquets. What are we going to do now? Like we just don't think about these things. And then a global pandemic hits and you're like, oh, talk about logistical challenges. So my friends, if you have navigated this year, and particularly my girls over in the UK who also get to deal with the blessing that is the challenge of Brexit... (laughs) because 2020 isn't complicated enough. Let's add on a few more mm, challenges just to see what you're really made of. This is what keeps your job fun. How do you navigate being a business owner while also being worried about what's happening with your family overseas? Again, I never would have thought that this is something that you need to sit down and actually think about. But all of these like worst case scenarios that most of the time we just don't ever want to think about, right? Most of the time we're like, I just don't even want to go there. But I will tell you, when you are the business owner, having 
a guideline from an operational perspective in terms of where these boundaries sit. So important because then when shit does hit the fan, you at least have a place to begin. So that once you've been through the extreme weather conditions or that it's on the horizon or somebody's talking about it or you're leading into the season that has extreme weather conditions, A, you can talk to your clients about it because at least you have an iota of an idea. You can be really clear in terms of where that boundary is and where you will not sacrifice your physical safety in order to be able to fulfill a contract. And you can continue to evolve and change your own operational procedure in reaction to what's happening. It's like having a plan makes you feel so much more reassured in the minute of when shit is hitting the fan. And when it comes to answering these types of questions that we just don't want to think about and we just don't want to deal with, that when you're a business owner and you're an adult and you have to take responsibility for yourself and those around you, I will tell you that the answer to every single one of those questions is take it one decision at a time. You don't have to figure it all out right now. But when you are confronted with such challenging situations, you take it one decision at a time. Literally, that's all you have to do. And I will tell you when you're navigating any one of those situations, you are going to cry a lot. It's incredibly overwhelming. And that is okay, right? We're humans and we have a full range of emotions. You are going to be frustrated and angry and disappointed and annoyed. And then there's minutes. This is what also is astounding, right? You could literally be driving away from your house with all of your animals and all of your worldly possessions in the back of your car and deciding you're going to go out of your way to find joy and gratitude and laughter. Because what else are you going to do? You have no control over whether your house is still going to be standing. You have no control as to whether you are going to come back to a pile of ashes or a house that's completely untouched. It's incredibly, incredibly crazy when I think back to those experiences of like such extremes, right? Such extreme worry and extreme anxiety and then like, okay, no, let's go out of our way to be find moments of joy and excitement, because this is the human experience. And anytime in between that, I will tell you to drink as much gin and as much wine as you could possibly imagine and eat all of the chocolate while you make one decision at a time. When you are confronted with such extreme situations, it's one decision at a time. And on a bit more of a pragmatic, helpful note, I will also tell you, this is how you go about building a very comprehensive set of terms and conditions. And for those of you who have not picked up our copy of the Terms and Conditions, it is in the folder of freebies, which you can access if you visit fourflores.com backslash all the things. So one of my favorite outcomes of 2020 is the fact that we got a lawyer to help us revise and recraft our terms and conditions. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be immediately applicable to you in whatever state or country you operate in, but I will say it's a super handy place to start. And my sister-in-law is a contract lawyer, which is super helpful, but one of the best pieces of guidance that she gave us is, people, this is how your terms and conditions get developed. Your terms and conditions get developed in response to situations as they arrive. I can pretty much guarantee that 50% of the floral designers on the planet didn't have a force majeure clause in their contract. I mean, if you're in America and you bought one of the templates, you probably do. So maybe you are the 50%. The rest of us, <laughs> like, floating around in la-la land, just being like, whatever. There's no acts of God. This is fine. <laughs> I just deliver my flowers. You know, ain't no thing. We're okay. But the reason that your terms and conditions will continue to evolve over time is because things happen in your business where you realize you want to put a boundary in place. And one of the best ways for you to help to navigate and communicate to your potential clients in terms of what's going to happen if this happens or if that happens is to delineate it in your terms and conditions. So go in and grab our free terms and conditions. It's in the folder free shiz. Download it. Use it as a place to start. Hire a contract lawyer. 
they're nowhere near as expensive as you think that they are. So worth it. And it's so fascinating to be able to have these conversations with somebody who deals with this every day. This is the crazy thing. But when you're the CEO in your business, right, and you have to think through, like if you have staffing, if they're freelancers, contractors, part-time, full-time staff, right? If you have other people you're supposed to be responsible for, what are you going to do in terms of bushfires, forest fires, flooding, extreme weather conditions, earthquake, tsunamis? What are you going to do? This is my favorite. When there are supply chain issues, because one of the things that we have all learned doesn't really matter what side of the hemisphere you're on or what side of the globe you're on, is just how intricate and internationally intertwined the floral supply and the wholesale grower category is. Because for us in the Southern Hemisphere, particularly in Australia and New Zealand, when COVID hit, when we experienced the shutdown in March, we were just in autumn. So we were going through kind of the end of our domestic growing season, moving into winter. And in winter, more than 50% of the product in Australia is imported. So it really threw a spanner in the works when it came to the plentifulness of supply of flowers. And when supply tightens, prices increase. But many florists didn't want to pass that price increase on to their clients. But I wanted to just tell you a little bit of a story because this is something that's always stuck in my head. Also because I find it quite funny in terms of how some humans responded. So in 2011, which is almost 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy, but in Queensland, which is one of the states in Australia, there was a massive cyclone. And most of the bananas in Australia are grown in that particular area. So that cyclone wiped out so many banana trees. Are they banana trees or are they banana plants? They must be banana trees. Anyway, so wiped out so many of the banana crops. And that then put pressure on the supply of bananas. I had to go back and look it up because I vividly remember... I was working in advertising at the time and our advertising agency was directly above the grocery store. So very often we would duck down at lunch or we would duck down after work to go down and get your groceries. And we would be talking so much about the price of bananas because at the peak of the banana crisis of 2011, bananas increased to $15 a kilo. Now, I know most of you don't think in that particular weight metric, but just as a point of reference, I checked today and bananas sell for $3.90 a kilo. So $15 is almost, it's like between four and five times more expensive. Now, do you think the people at the grocery store felt bad for charging $15 a kilo for bananas? No, they did not. They just passed on that price increase because that's what's happening when supply gets tightened. The price of bananas increased because there weren't as many bananas around. So if you've studied any economics, you will understand that, oh, that just means that the price is going to increase. Then customers can decide if they're going to buy said bananas. Now, a few very mischievous customers. This was like a thing that was on the news. It's very funny because this is just when they started to introduce self-service checkouts. <laughs> so people, humans of Australia would go to the grocery store. They would buy the bananas, but in the code when they were checking out is that they would check them out as like potatoes or carrots because they didn't want to pay $15 a kilo. Anyway, aren't humans amazing? So genius. <laughs> So clever in terms of how you navigate an increase in banana charges. Anyway, I wanted to just tell that story because I think it's such a good example in terms of when you are the business owner, it's not your job to absorb that kind of price increase. And never before necessarily has there been such a dramatic increase in the wholesale price of so many products as there has been in 2020. And so many florists were totally handcuffed, right? So many florists decided they couldn't pass on that increase to their clients. Other florists just didn't even bother. Some florists did just pass it on, but you get to decide 
what's right for you and your business. I will just tell you, it's not your job to absorb the full increase of a dramatic price shift like the banana crisis of 2011. So lesson number one from 2020, you can do hard things. You can be taken to tribunal. You can have bride after bride after bride getting really mad, getting really frustrated and really angry with you. You can deal with all the disappointed clients. You can deal with how to navigate bushfires. You can deal with, oh, wait a minute, I live here, my family lives overseas, what the heck is happening? You can deal with all of it. You just have to take it one decision at a time. And on the topic of decisions, lesson number two from 2020, nobody cares. I kind of want to name that lesson, nobody gives a shit, but I'm just going to be a bit more gentle with it and tell you that nobody cares. We really like to tell ourselves that we can't change something in our business because we're like, well, what will my customers think of me if I no longer offer this product? What will my friends think of me if I decide to change my service from this to this? What will my peers think of me if I start to post about this on Instagram? What will my family think of me if I start to sell this kind of design? Reality check. Nobody cares as much as you do. We have so much attachment to these stories, right? We have so much resistance to just going in and making changes to our business because we know it's the right thing for our business or even better than that because we want to but we like to tell ourselves and provide so much resistance from taking action with this never-ending story of what will people think so I'm going to answer that question what will people think with the answer they don't care You telling your story and you continuing to stay attached to, oh, well, what will this person think if I start to do this? What will my family think if I start to do this? What are these people on Instagram going to think if I start talking about this? We really attach ourselves to these narratives and use it as a way to hold ourselves back. It's a way of avoiding taking action. And so often that story feels so true It feels so important, but it's actually a lie. You've attached yourself to something that isn't really a thing. It's a false reality because nobody cares what you do in your business except you. And this is what's amazing about being a CEO. You don't have to report in to anyone. If you want to participate in Valentine's 2021, you go for it. If you don't want to participate in Valentine's 2021, don't. You get to make the decision that's best for you based on the circumstances that are happening in and around you. That's it. You're the only one who needs to like the reason for your decision. You're the only one who needs to know the reason for your decision. And don't be surprised, and in particular, don't be disappointed if nobody cares. (laughs) Literally. It's so much easier to pivot and change in your business than you're telling yourself. It's so much easier to decide that based on the circumstances and whatever is happening in your state or your country, you're going to evolve your business than we think it is. We really like to tell ourselves that everybody's paying a lot more attention than they really are, but they're not. So if you want to make a change in your business, I'm here to tell you, nobody outside of you gives a cat's pajamas. Just go out there and make the decision, take action and move forward. And I'll tell you from personal experience, right? We really like to tell ourselves these stories of like, oh, well, if I completely change my business and if I stop offering this and if I stop offering this, then what is everybody going to say? They're going to say nothing because they don't care. Now, your friends and your family and your loved ones are going to ask you, hey, do you really think this is a great decision for your business? Do you like the reason for your decision? Okay, let's go. 
right? Your business coach is going to be like, oh, hey, this is how I navigated this situation. Here's how I would do it differently next time. But don't be surprised if nobody says anything to you because you're the only one who's worried about what other people will say because the actual fact is they're not going to say anything because they don't care. So stop telling yourself that it matters and just go out there and decide what it is that you want to do in your business and keep moving forward. And then related to that insight of nobody cares, number three, you can change your mind and do what's right for you. As soon as you let go of the idea that somebody else is judging you and making a certain decision and somebody else is going to criticize you for changing the services in your business and you let that whole narrative go, it opens up a world of possibility because then no longer are you worried about what everybody else is going to think about you. Then you actually just get to lay all the options out on the table. You really get to tap into your creativity and you get to say, okay, so what am I going to do? Given the circumstances and what's happening around me, what am I going to do? What is the right decision for me in my business? Remember, you are in charge. You are the chief executive officer of your business. You are the business owner. And it is a very uncomfortable place to be because it's very unfamiliar. In Western society, we are conditioned to look outside of ourselves to find the right answer. When you sign up and start your own business, it doesn't matter how everybody else is running their business. The only right answer is what's right for you and your business right now. If I think back to what was happening like mid-late March and the restaurants and everybody having to be shut down, and I look back and I think of the restaurants that immediately pivoted, right? They immediately said, okay, well, we've got this beautiful kitchen. What happens if we start and we try takeaway? And then what happens if we do take-home meals? And really experimenting and pivoting their offer to adjust to changing market conditions. Now, It may not be that there's always a global pandemic on the horizon or that that's something that we're navigating, but the market conditions are always changing. Now, obviously, 2020 was a little bit unprecedented in terms of the change that happened and the rate of the change that happened. But because of the circumstances around us, so many floral design businesses are now thriving and... So many flower business who decided not to change their offering or evolve to the market conditions have either gone elsewhere or doing something completely different or they're just waiting around for things to return to normal. And my friends, sometimes change is dramatic. Sometimes it's something as crazy as a global pandemic, but sometimes change is much more methodical. And as you already know, floral design is a very complicated business. The global supply and demand of flowers and seasonality and weather conditions and an amazingly intricate system of growers and transportation and wholesalers and designers and marketers. There are so many levels on which change can happen in our industry that if you're not ready to evolve and grow the drop of a hat you aren't going to be in this industry for very long because global pandemic or no global pandemic, this industry is always evolving. And I will say certainly from an economic point of view, I think some pretty significant fundamental shifts have happened in 2020 that have really sped up the evolution of our industry. Most importantly and most influentially will be the shift to online. So up until 2019, early 2020, so many floral designers assumed that they need to have a flower shop in order to run a legitimate or a successful flower business. But when a global pandemic requires so many physical spaces to be blocked from public access, all of a sudden you begin to realize how important your web presence is. And now, more than ever, 
the importance of having a very efficient and effective website is an absolute must. At this point in time, I will tell you that your website is your single most important sales tool, significantly more important than having a physical retail space. And it's so important to understand that because of a global pandemic, more customers than ever are buying flowers online. It is no longer the physical retail space that is going to lead the way to your success. How your business shows up online, getting found by the Google algorithm, understanding how your customers operate and knowing how to make a flower business online is going to make or break your success. And understanding how customers' behavior is changing is so important. Because yeah, I'm sure up until this point in time, up until March 2020, progress was slow. But I'll be really curious to hear what the statistics are in terms of the increase of online orders. Like every floral designer and business owner that I have talked to in the last six months has seen a dramatic increase in online orders. In most cases, doubling, possibly tripling, possibly even more than that, because this is where your customers are hanging out. No longer is the physical retail space your number one priority. I will also be the one to tell you, you can build a hugely successful floral design business and you do not need a physical retail space. Physical retail space becomes a decision that you make from an operational perspective, not a sales or a marketing perspective. And what's great is that being in charge of your business means that you get to make the decisions that are right for your business right now. And what is so amazing is that so many of you are sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, COVID has been the best thing for my business. And that might be from a sales point of view or a revenue point of view, but it might also be from an emotional point of view. Because so many wedding and events designers have like hit the wall. And we're so grateful for the reprieve, for the forced break that COVID asked us to take. Well, I don't know if they really asked us. It's like a obnoxious announcement over the PA system. So it was less of like a conversation, more of like a, this is what's happening. There was no negotiating, no discussion going on. But this idea of really being able to take the impact of a global pandemic to reevaluate what you wanted to do in your business. Now, you don't need a global pandemic to reevaluate what you want to do in your business. It could be Tuesday afternoon and you're allowed to evolve your business. You might decide you want to offer a new service. You might decide you want to no longer offer that other service. When you are the person in charge, you get to decide what your business looks like, how it operates, what you do with it. You get to do what's right for you. What is so amazing is that there is no right answer. Because I can guarantee you, if I surveyed every single one of you and I said, do you want to do weddings? 50% of you will say, fuck yeah, totally. That's exactly what I want to do. The other 50% of you will be like, no, thank you. No, it's not really what I want to be doing. Which is so amazing because we're very well conditioned to think that there is a right answer and that your flower business needs to look a certain way. That's a lie. It doesn't. You get to decide what you want to do with your business and you get to change your mind any time you like. Lesson number four, and this one ties into lesson number one in terms of you can do hard things. Lesson number four, discomfort is the currency of your dreams. Every single decision that you make as a business owner is made in a bubble of uncertainty. That bubble feels very exaggerated in 2020 because we're dealing with a global pandemic. But when you are a business owner, you are dealing with imperfect information. Every day you need to show up and you need to make decisions. Every day you need to try something, take action, evaluate the results and adjust based on the outcome. And action requires you to lean in to the discomfort of the uncertainty. 
you need to learn to detach yourself and probably more importantly, detach your self-worth from the outcome. Because remember, this is just one big science experiment. The outcome is just data. You get to make a decision. It's like you've just gathered a bit more information. Now you get to reevaluate and make a new decision. And one of the things I've begun to really realize, the more I talk about our business with other floral designers and other business owners, is I realize we approach our business so differently. We always looked at our business as a giant work in progress. It was always an experiment. We were always testing ideas, trying new things, constantly reevaluating. We would do these types of annual reviews, quarterly reviews, to make sure that we were traveling along the path that we actually wanted to be traveling along. Now, if I can go back and do the last six or seven years differently, I would cut the riffraff way sooner than before. But other than that, there are so many things that we did so well, which is how you build such a successful business in such a short period of time and such a small footprint. And we used to do this kind of self-reflection, this kind of reevaluation after every wedding, every funeral, every big occasion, right? Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, Christmas. We were always sitting down and asking ourselves three things that went well, three things that we would do differently. So if you are inside my private community, my private four florist community, I have just posted in there the latest worksheet to help you go through this exact thought process. So for those of you that are part of my program, check out the article where you can go through this self-reflection process and really dig deep in terms of what's working and what you wanna change. And for those of you that are not part of my program, I'm gonna walk you through the simple process. And if you wanna get the worksheet, you just need to sign up for my one-on-one -on -one program and you get access to my private community as part of that. So here is my super simple four-step process for reflection and self-evaluation. Four very simple steps. One, get specific in terms of exactly where you were 12 months ago. I find for me, I can barely remember what happened four weeks ago, so I literally will open my Google Calendar, but what's even more powerful is go back and look at your photo library. If you post to Instagram regularly, you could go back and look at what was happening in January or December from an Instagram perspective, but it's even better just to go back and look at your photo library because you're like, A, I have to scroll through like thousands of pictures, and B, it's like, oh my God, was that 12 months ago? Holy schnoozes insane. So pick your date of what is exactly 12 months ago from today. So 12 months ago and go back and look at your calendar, go back and look what you were doing from a work perspective, go back and look at your photos so that you can really get yourself in that place, right? And really envision and close your eyes and like meditate on where you were. And then think back over the last 12 months. So since that moment in time, since that specific date, make a list of everything you've overcome and every achievement you have created. You're going to blow your mind up with everything that you've accomplished in 12 months. Look back at your calendar. Go through that whole collection of thousands of photos so that you can really understand everything that you have accomplished in 12 months months. You have done a lot. You have created a lot. You have flowered a lot. We so easily fall into this trap of thinking, not even really being able to comprehend what was happening 12 months ago, but this idea of we really overestimate what we can do in a day. But when you think back of everything that you've accomplished in 365 days, it's astounding everything that you've done. And that is in addition to navigating a global pandemic. So then the next question I will ask is three things that you did well, right? Like now that you've got this really good sense in terms of everything that you've accomplished in the last 365 days, what are three things that you did well? And what are three things that you would do differently 
moving in to 2021. Three things that you would did well, three things you do differently moving into 2021. And step number four, I want you to celebrate the shit out of everything that you've accomplished. Because as I tell my one-on-one students, nobody came along and said, oh, hey, you look like the type of person who could use a website. You look like the type of person who could use this kind of skill set. You look the type of person who looks like you could turn over $100,000 in a year. Nobody handed that stuff to you. Nobody came along and said, oh, here's a free gift. Thanks for coming. Thanks for just showing up. No, you created this. You made this happen. Everything that's happening in your business is a result of your actions. Be proud of yourself. Take time to recognize the energy and effort you have put into it and really acknowledge the fact that you have done this during a global pandemic. And for all of my private students, this worksheet is in our private community. Just go search 2020 Reflection and you'll find it. Now, lesson number five from this year. 2021 is also going to be hard. And good, but hard. Because the human experience is a full 50-50. 50% of it feels quite positive and lovely. And 50% of it feels very uncomfortable and often filled with negative emotion. And I talk to so many floral designers from around the world who tell me, shit, this global pandemic's the best thing that's ever happened to my business. Either using it as an opportunity to pivot and jump into the world of daily flower deliveries or doing workshops online or offering floral subscriptions or truly innovating in their market. Others of you are sitting there still also saying this is the best thing that's ever happened to my business because it's giving me time to reflect. It's giving me the opportunity to cut out the kind of work I really don't want to be doing and to really get focused in the kind of work I do want to be doing. And I will tell you, I truly believe that flowers are more important right now than they have ever been in human history. At this moment in time, humans are more disconnected from each other than they have ever been. And given that flowers have been part and floral design has been part of the human experience for more than 5,000 years, I truly believe that this year in human history is a turning point for our relationship with flowers. Because right now, more people are buying flowers now than they've ever bought before. And in my opinion, I truly believe there's never been a better time to be a floral designer because we are like amazing magic elves working in Santa's workshop 365 days of the week because our craft, our ability to create a beautiful arrangement with flowers to demonstrate love and human emotion to connect one human to a next human who cannot physically be together is so important. I literally like to think of flowers as like replacing our physical ability to be together. It's as close to a hug as you could possibly imagine in a socially distant environment. And I'm also going to tell you that 2021 is going to be a challenge, but it's also going to be so much fun. It's still 50-50. It's still being a CEO of your floral design business, being human in the current state of the nation. And this is literally life on planet Earth. And this is what it's like to be a CEO. And this is what it's like to be a creative. And this is what it's like to be human. So I am probably one of the few people who's walking around just being like, yeah, let's get to January already, but I don't expect 2021 to be any better or any worse than 2020. Because I also know that I am the CEO of this business. And if I want to change something that I'm doing in this business, then we get to change whatever we're doing in this business. Highly recommend you try it on because you are the one who is in charge.
And as you already know, being a business owner is a hugely emotional roller coaster. And no, it's not for everyone because it takes a huge amount of self-awareness and an even bigger appetite for personal growth. It's like the thing that you don't really realize when you decide to start a flower business is that you need to learn as much about flowers and mechanics and ingredients as you do about business, as you do about how the human brain works, mental health, and personal growth. But my friends, you guys already know that being a floral designer is an incredibly fulfilling and amazing job. And I truly believe that in, at this moment in time where we are in the human experience, being a floral designer is one of the greatest gifts that we can give humans. And I'll also tell you that you can make really good money as a floral designer. Having a business where you get to add so much value to the human experience and you can make good money from it is so fun. You can do it for the love and you can do it for the money. It's not either or, it's a yes and proposition. And my friends, remember, if you want to sign up for my one-on-one -on -one program, if you want to get access to my best teachings, if you want to understand everything from branding to sales to marketing, if you want to know exactly how to approach Instagram or get access to all of my templates when it comes to navigating new wedding inquiries, sign up for my one-on-one -on -one program. So good. We're literally... I'm so geeky because we're literally actually building a replica website so that all of our students can jump in and literally open this website and then they just copy it. They get to go in and copy it every single page. It has been SEO optimized. All they need to do is tweak a little bit of language, change the phrase where it says your city to your city, update the photos, and there you go. There is a website that is very effective and, in my opinion, negates the need for having a physical retail space. But hey, this is the best thing. I'm the CEO of my business and you're the CEO of your business. So you get to decide what's right for you. So don't forget, you can sign up for my one-on-one -on -one program. I have put the link in the show notes so that you can grab a session. We can chat through if my one-on-one -on -one program is a good fit for you you can make 2021 the best year yet. And my friends, take some time to reflect on everything that you've accomplished this year. And have a beautiful week, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.